This is Rob. I'm here with Jason, Inside Jason Bakery, for the Yappy Chef Foodie Chat Show. We're here to chat a little bit to Jason about his background. I'm sure a lot of you guys who are foodies yourselves know of Jason and his famous dessants and his famous bakery. Cool hip hangout place in Cape Town. And the point of this is maybe just to get to know Jason a little bit better. Started off, how did you get interested in making food? How did I get interested in making food? I was always... Um, how did you become interested in making food? How did I become? Yes. Um, pretty much my passion started um, going, with, going for Sunday lunches at my grandparents' house. Are you serious? You're yeah. like, we're all about Sunday lunch. That, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So tell so, me about these Sunday so lunches. Granddad, granddad would always do a pretty amazing roast. Awesome. Pig's butt or a lamb leg. Or, and then we'd get a little glass of wine and it was, it was pretty cool. Cool. Um, so like kind of inspired by your grand's cooking yeah, yeah, of Sunday yeah. lunches and yeah. kind of I assume that the whole point of the Sunday lunch is bringing the family together bringing people together yeah, around Sunday big, lunch around food still are a big family unit and, very cool um, yeah um, it's amazing how food can bring people together huh? true, totally true he was uh, yeah he was an amazing cook um, and his mother was actually a, a, a chef in Lebanon oh wow uh, in, in the beginning of the war she was cooking for the Germans at the end of the war she was cooking for the British so um, I guess maybe that's where it started. And then um, after school, I studied at the Swiss Hotel School in Ramberg, Joburg. Um, it was more on the management side of things, um, not so much on the chefing uh, side. So it's more. But I mean, uh, people would management. describe you as a corporate manager type. I mean, that's kind of yeah, what you're known white for. Collar, yeah, white yeah, collar. Yeah, tattoo arms, all no, of that, all no. goes together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, yeah, I did that, and then. Uh, I was tired of Joburg and Pretoria, more cities. Oh, are you so, from Pretoria? Yeah, from Pretoria. Originally. At work? Been here from, since 99. I moved down okay. to Cape Town. Cool. I uh, worked at the Sellers Hohenort with George Jardine. Uh, for was still Novelli at the Sellers back then, um, Christophe Novelli. And so that was 2000, yeah, the year 2000. Um, when the did that for about started. three years. Yeah, and then okay. uh, started in the hot kitchen, moved into the pastry kitchen. Right. Um, but I wasn't quite ready for that. Um, they wanted me to kind of run the pastry section, and I wasn't ready to start teaching myself how to do those sort of things. I still wanted to learn from mentors and stuff like that. So uh, I followed a friend of mine to the Table Bay Hotel at the waterfront. Uh, I was also in the pastry kitchen there uh, for about two years. Yeah, I mean, if you think about the, the pastry selection they've got at the Table Bay, that is oh, something pretty, pretty phenomenal. That's, yeah. You're also just a number in, in the sense, I mean, it's a huge hotel. Yeah. Um, so going from the little boutique hotel, the cellars, to the Table Bay, which is pretty corporate. Um, it was quite a change, but um, that was good. And then uh, from that, uh, then I was part of the inaugural team opening up the Arabella Sheraton Grand Hotel, um, which is now the Western Grand. Okay. At the CC, ICC, whatever it is. Um, yeah, opened so you, that up. You've done the hard pastry. yards and the kitchens, yeah. No. Uh, and the big hotels as well. Then, what did I do? Then I went on to the ships. I worked on the QB2 okay. for a year. Um, that was pretty rad. Also a pastry kitchen. I've been mean, doing a la carte menu for 1,900 people. It was insane. Um, they promoted heavy drinking on, sh- on the ship. Which, which must have been rad. terrible for you. It's disgusting. Beers were 50 cents a beer. <laughs> oh, shame, <laughs> man. Rad. So at least went you around survived the world. I did survive. My liver didn't, but I did <laughs> Um, yeah, I traveled the world. That was, that was, yeah, that was insane. Uh, as a chef, you don't get much time off, though. So you, even your off day, you're working eight hours a day. Yeah. 
Um, whereas if you're a waiter, you can get someone to cover your shifts and stuff, I guess. So, well, chefing on a ship is, is definitely not for the faint-hearted. And when I got back off the ship, um, a friend of mine that was working at the Sellers Ronald with me, Van Evansel, phoned me up and said, he's now at Pizzula. They're opening up, it hadn't even opened yet. It was still being constructed. And would I be interested in running the pastry section there? So I was like, where is that? He's like, in Neisner. I was like, no ways. He's <laughs> like, but you've got a really great chef. And I was like, really? Easy. So Jeffrey Murray from America. I was like, American? No ways. Definitely not. <laughs> and then they, they, they took me up for the weekend and it was unbelievable. And Jeffrey has definitely become a huge uh, mentor to me as well uh, in, in the way his, his food philosophy. Um, he's an unbelievable person as well as a chef. Uh, now he's working on the, uh, the world, the residential ship. The one where it's like, you actually don't have passengers, everyone is a resident. Oh, wow. It's got five restaurants and it goes around the world and you own apartments on it. It's unbelievable. So he's doing that now. But then while I was in Eisner, I was there for three years. So we opened the hotel, I was head pastry chef. Um, I met Marcus uh, Fabinger from um, Ile de Pan. Yes, I know the spot. So rad, super rad space. I really never bothered with bread, really. Um, you know, if you did dinner rolls, it would just be throwing flour, water, salt, yeast, <laughs> butter, milk, whatever you could put it in, mix it until you got a window pane, sort of, you know, the gluten's completely overworked, but that's how we used to do it. And then I realized that there's more to bread than that, and it's actually a science and an art. And uh, so I got, interest, got interested in it and did a little uh, two-day course with uh, Jeffrey Hamelman, who's one of Marcus's mentors. Uh, that was pretty rad and bought his book and just read his book and started got a little starter going Henry who I still have today he's uh, nine years old now so we have to feed him every day huh. and you from mean Henry, like what yeast what yes yeah, so it's a sourdough starter cool so it's flour and water you mix flour and water together you leave it overnight it starts to ferment naturally it pings in the wild yeast yeah yeah and, wild yeast um, in the air much like uh, Belgian yeah. beers are made like that yeah so like you can I'm make told. you can make a sourdough starter in a in a brewery, but you can't in a winery, because the yeast strains are different. Okay. So beer is liquid bread. That's why we love it. And um, so then, yeah, I've got the starter going. After you know eight days, you can start actually baking with it. So it takes yeah. eight days for it to reach a maturation point. Um, and then started just dabbling around after work started baking uh, off the shifts and messing around and then George Jardine who was my head chef at the Cellars all those years ago um, phoned me up so this was 2007 and said Jay uh, we've got a little restaurant in Cape Town Jardine uh, restaurant and we want to open a bakery would you be interested in joining us so I said yeah sure but I don't want to work with you I mean for you I want to work with you so if we're going to do this, then it's going to be enough. my baby. So yeah. he was like, cool. I said to him, but I don't actually know how to bake. So we're going to have to wing it. So he was like, cool, let's <laughs> check it out. So we started off, and when I came down, the, uh, the space that uh, was the hatch, uh, as Jardine Bakery. I mean, was right just next a, door, right where next we are door. right here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, was just a, it was a double garage, literally a double garage. And um, so he pulled the cars out and... We started doing renovations and paneling, and we got a single deck oven off of uh, off an auction. I think it was a. I think we paid four thousand rand for it. 
and I've just dropped almost 300,000 rand on my new one. <laughs> so, okay. uh, but you've tested the concept. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, started with that. Uh, didn't even have a convection oven for the croissants. I used to run upstairs and use the um, restaurant's rationale oven oh. for the croissants. We used to do <laughs> two trays of croissants and I think breads. We did eight, eight loaves of each, eight loaves of sourdough, eight loaves of rye. Eight okay. baguettes and eight year butter, and that's how we started. And the sourdough is the sourdough. Sorry for me, who's slightly uninformed, who likes the taste of sourdough, not known. But I only found out actually just the other day because Shane at Yappy Chef is making his own sourdough at home, and he was also doing his natural fermentation. Is sourdough always naturally fermented? Is that how? Yeah. Is that why it's sour? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's sour, yes, because um, as it ferments uh, and, and and the length of time that it ferments for, it builds up acidity. And okay. you can control the acidity by uh, temperature. So the colder you start, the more acidic it is. Oh, wow. Okay. So um, that's how you can control the sourness of your, of your, um, your sourdough. So okay. If you want it really acidic, more sour, keep it cold. So and you can play with natural it, so you fermentation. Always, so yeah. in the kitchen, natural fermentation. Because you work with lots of bread yeast, there's lots of free-form bread yeast in the air, and that's going to cause yeah. it to ferment. Well, there's not, I mean, even if we didn't, there would be natural yeast strains. Yeah, in, in the, the air, air. Yeah. and then after day three, three or four, can't quite remember, but it picks up um, lactobacteria bacteria. Oh wow! Which then well, that's they, just form, like a little, they form a little uh, homogeneous relationship and a symbiotic vibe, and the bacteria looks after the yeast, stops it from getting sick, um, protects it, and they, you know, they're, they're very happy together. And then. Oh, wow. And you just got to keep feeding it, like anything. Uh, and if you overfeed it, it battles. If you underfeed it, it's going to battle. Um, if it if it's, looks like it needs a bit of a boost, you feed it rye flour because it's got a lot more nutrients. Obviously, all using stone ground flour. You don't want to use really bad unbleached flour. I mean, bleached flour. You want unbleached flour. Stone ground, full of nutrients and vitamins, not added afterwards. It brings out the natural flavor as well. It's got a very nutty, all the carotenoids okay. come through. Cool. So that's, yeah, that's, and the naturally leavened bread is, is unbelievable. It takes a long time to make. I mean, it takes us 72 hours to make our sourdough. Um, but it's naturally leavened. There's no baker's yeast in it. And it's just, yeah, it's just an so, unbelievable. So, so as we're talking, there's a, a lot of, um, that I'm uncovering of Jason that I wasn't aware of. Is one, there's some good story and some good history, but there's also a lot of good uh, baking knowledge there. Um, is there. Is there the potential of the, the Jason Bakery book coming out any time in the future? <laughs> People have been asking me about that for a long time. I'll, I'll read I'm it. dyslexic and ADD, so no, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> you might need a scribe. <laughs> yeah, I might need a scribe. <laughs> what do you say, you're dyslexic and, and you're DHD or what? ADD. ADD. Yeah, just messing Look, with you. Look, there's a butterfly. <laughs> okay, um, cool. And then so take us from Hatch to here. How did we get to Jason Bakery from yeah, Hatch? Yeah, so Hatch, Hatch I just, yeah, as I said, I, just, I was just baking every day. Um, actually, before I left Nice, uh, I told Marcus that I was going to come to Cape Town and bake. And he was like, you're silly. Uh, you don't know how to bake. And I was like, I don't. Uh, and he said to me, you know, if I knew you were going to leave, you should have come work for me. So I said, oh, yeah, well, this, is, this is where it's going to happen. I've got to, I wanted to get on Nice anyway. Um, it's so lovely. Like, uh, what, what, what I'm picking up there, for me, I've got a bit of familiarity in my own story. But I'm listening to you, you talk about how you venture out to go start something on your own and give something a go, but people around you are telling you you're crazy, but you kind of know inside you, yeah, this is the right thing to do, yeah, even if it doesn't make exactly. sense. Just mm. trust me, I'll make it happen. Uh, I'm picking up a bit of that, which is it's quite cool to hear. And yeah, I mean, Marcus is definitely the godfather of, of artisanal bread in this country, for sure. 
I think he's the, he's the guru. He's kind of the one that people like refer to. Jesus yeah. Christ the bread. Okay. You know, he breaks the bread. He breaks the bread and <laughs> makes the bread and is the dough winner. Nice. It's his bread and butter. <laughs> he's rolling butter, in dough. He's rolling in dough. Oh, you know, nice. Buy his bread because he needs the dough. Okay. Um, nice. And mine as well. But um, <laughs> Buy his bread because so he needs the dough. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, that it started and I started just messing around. And actually, one day, Marcus came around. We hadn't even opened the bakery yet. Okay. And he said, can I roll some dough with you? And it was unbelievable. I mean, this man is definitely, as I said, the godfather. So to have him in my little shop with one, one deck oven, they hadn't even finished building it yet, and I was still just practicing. And he said to me, Jay, your dough's good. And I was like, wow, thank you. And then once we had opened, I think the first day we sold, I think our turnover was like 2,500 rand for the full day back then. This was eight years ago. Uh, and it was like, wow, this is unbelievable. We actually sold everything. It was incredible. And then Marcus came out, and then I sort of did some breads for upstairs uh, for the dinner service, and he came around one night, once after, to, a couple of months after we had opened, and he tasted the bread again, and he said, you know, Jay, I was wrong. That's actually, your bread is very good. You, you should well be done. doing this. Yeah. yeah. So nice I almost work. cried. I was like, wow. High five. So that was, that was, yeah, that was, that was unbelievable to realize that, you know, it's self-taught, so it's quite, it was pretty cool. Okay. Uh, still is pretty cool and then so then yeah I did that for four years as Jardine Bakery and then the restaurant uh, closed down and the guys who took over from the restaurant Kirkham Ventures uh, they're upstairs yes I've seen upstairs. that name up top there yeah. yeah so I was actually going to go somewhere else because the okay. restaurant closed down and uh, more people were actually worried about the bakery than they were about the restaurant it became <sighs> the tail that wagged the dog uh, everyone was like, oh my God, you know, Jodding restaurants closed down. Yeah, you, you've Is the got bakery going to go with following. it? Yeah, it's unbelievable. It, it's, um, it's an interesting thing to get across because in, in certain audiences, so we, we're putting this podcast out there that could go to nationally South Africa and to the world, hopefully, to be listened to. But people don't quite realize the, 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 the insane cult following that you've got inside of Cape Town. And I suppose that's the kind of the first seeds in the dough of what that was to become. Yeah, no, it was, it was incredible to see that. Um, so when the restaurant closed I was going to go somewhere else and the guys that took over um, the building said hey why, why don't you stay I said I'll definitely stay but I've, I need most of the space so I've got about 80% of the building oh cool and they've just got the upstairs space which I want but I can't get them out <laughs> they're very rad though um, and they know I want it so yeah so that's how it, uh, that's how it began and then we we opened as we are now, J- uh, Jason Bakery, not Jason's Bakery. Yeah, which uh, I only found out today for the first time. I've come here, like, I don't know how many times. The first time, I've even looked at the sign that says Jason Bakery, but it's just in my head, it's Jason's. And I tell people, yeah. come to Jason's, but it's Jason. Jason, because okay. it's me. Ah, and there's only one. It is me, yeah. Kind of like the Highlander. There can be only one. Exactly. Well, there might, there's going to be two. There's going to be one, another one in Loop Street. Okay. Will that no. be Jason's? That will be, no, that's actually <laughs> going to be pretty rad. Okay. Different name. That's pretty rad's a good name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty rad is a really cool. great name. It's not trademarked anywhere else in the world, so that's pretty cool. No one thought of pretty rad. Yeah, no one thought of pretty rad. Uh, actually, nice. it's opposite the village idiot, so I'm going to call it Idiot Savant. It's <laughs> for fun. No. It's going to be called Bardo. 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 Cool. Yeah. like it. Um, so that's opening. Jeepers, when is that? I think that's where we were hopefully this year, but I don't think it's going to happen, so it's probably happen in January. Still need to fit it out, but it's a completely different look to this different feel. This is more like a Scandinavian sauna. That's going to be like a Swiss chic kind okay. of vibe. 
Have you not noticed the guys in towels here? Ah, I've seen them, yeah, yeah. Uh, John Cherry often walks around in his towel here, I've noticed. Yeah. His little white And towel. Rui comes walking through Rui here with his towels. Yeah, and his little tighty whiteies. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, let's think what other things you want to cover. Um, I'm going to ask you a, like a standard interviewer type of question. I just want to see how, how you fare with it. But wh- what would you say, in your honest but humble opinion, that you are world class in? What did I say? I'm world class in. Mm. Everything? Sorry? Everything. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you had to choose... I think... What if, if in the, the Olympics of life you had to choose one <laughs> event to compete in, which, which category would you compete in? I think, I think what we do here is, is definitely world class. Um, I was in New York two, three months ago. Uh, Thomas Keller I, uh, I've always held him on a pedestal I mean he's an unbelievable chef went to Bouchon Bakery tried his croissants and I actually had tears in my eyes I was like mine are better I nice. couldn't believe it I've um, never really had anything to compare them to um, so it was unbelievable then Dominic Ansel stood in the queue for his cronut which we do the dosant of yeah um, which has become crazy I mean Saturdays are crazy and even these guys, the League of Beers, they wanted to do a collab. That's how famous we are. <laughs> I've heard of them, man. <laughs> I hear they're so awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I tried his cronut and I was disappointed. Um, some people okay. say it's, it's better than my dosant, but I don't think so. Um, it was oily. We bought two. I ate one and gave the other one away. Um, $5 for one. Stood in the queue for half an hour. And I wasn't really impressed. So I think what we do here... And it's wonderful to see that what we do here um, is incredible. And it's definitely up there with what everybody else is doing. Um, you know, they charge $4 for a croissant, which is now like 200 rand. Yeah. You can get us for 15 rand. Yeah, that's, that's pretty insane. Yeah. <laughs> so um, to, to give a bit of perspective to the audience who cannot see you right now, um, so Jason has, first of all, so I've mentioned, alluded to that, that you've got this kind of niche following that's, that's pretty tight. And what's, what's quite interesting about what you've got going is that Jason Bakery has got this weird vibe. It feels like in Cape Town, there's a lot of, um, we call it almost restaurant fashion, please. People jump from one place to the next and they're always going to the latest place. It's like, I suppose, New York, San Francisco, Paris, London, a lot of these places, a lot of these world cities, which Cape Town seems to feel like one, like there's restaurant trendiness. But... The weird thing about your bakery is it's it's kind of it feels like it's this hot new place, like six years down the line or seven years down the line or what eight years, yeah. eight years eight down years. the line. It's still got this kind of feeling of oh, the cool new place to go to, Jason Bakery. But uh, you know, it's actually just been around for a long time. So it's amazing how you managed to retain that kind of cult following and that that first mover kind of um, the innovators, all the cool people seem to keep coming back here. It's almost like you've managed to get them interested. But those same cool people normally bugger off somewhere else seem to keep coming back here so I, I don't know if you know what that magic is but there's some kind of magic in what you've got going there it's definitely me okay yeah you, you uh, and your humility yeah totally yeah uh, it is consistency it's integrity yeah and it's quality um, and that's why we've got guys coming back three times a day sometimes mm. every day um, you know you go to at a restaurant for dinner you don't usually go there every, every night mm. you know um, although I've been known to go to Elbro a lot but um, 
you know, usually it's a, it's a other, uh, an occasion or yeah. once a week or something like that. Where yeah, here, in Cape Town, the trend is to try different that. restaurants the whole yeah. time. Whereas you so, guys, it's this, this like weekly thing you got to come to. A lot of people who work in Cape Town have got their once a week must have breakfast at Jason. Um, well, sometimes it's, it's six days a week must yeah, have breakfast at Jason. Exactly. So but it's, it's incredible. I think it's, it's also that there's the quality of food is good, but there's this, this ambiance and this atmosphere that, that is... I don't know if it's the way the building is structured or, or, or just the staff, but there's this kind of, there's this vibe of kind of the energy that always goes on here. Yeah. I think it also, because we're here every day, my sister and I, she's my business partner, I mean, we're here every single day. There's not hardly a day you'll find us between either myself or her are not here. Uh, and you've got and the real think, passion for the business, yeah. which kind and of, that's, what it gives you. I think that's it, and my personality is unbelievable, so that yes, helps. Yes. It makes up for but, the looks. I mean, yeah, you know. Thank God. Yeah. I definitely have a face for radio. Yeah. Um, we should do this more often. Yeah. And then, you yeah. Could go so. pro. If the banking thing doesn't work out, you could be a podcast pro. There's a big marketing podcast. So I just want to give a... We, 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 we come in uh, close towards a close. But uh, just to give an idea for people. So we're speaking about bacon and about bread, but we're also speaking about pastry chef and that kind of thing. And when you think about world-class pastry chefs, you probably have a certain image in your mind. So take that image, think of something completely different. Think of if Harley Davidson were to have like their ambassador in Cape Town. If you could imagine that individual, kind of a stocky guy, probably quite strongly built, looks like he's had a couple of accidents, kind of tattoos all over the place, some in good places, some in bad places. This is kind of what you look at, your individual here. So this pastry chef I'm talking to is not your average pastry chef. And maybe that's a bit of what it is, that kind of something more that adds to magic is that bit of juxtaposition, something... Out of the unexpected. Quirky. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I think we've learned a fair bit from, from you today, Jason. Uh, I feel like we can keep chatting, and I've got a feeling we probably will, so maybe we'll do a, a second edition of this podcast, but I want to draw this one to a close and say thank you for having us in your bakery. Thank you. It's been good chatting. And we'll, next time we're at all. Next time. Yeah, and I'm just... I'm all about the breeze. Um, let's... Uh, Let's head off and have a descent and then head out for a beer. Fantastic. Cheers.